Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by Keegan Stiefel. We are going to talk about our dream scenarios in the draft, in free agency, and possibly via trade. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's We're back, man. Uh, we were both really wrong, I think, about the NFC Championship game and the AFC Championship game. Uh, but we're back, and Keegan's with us, and uh, we're moving on, and Brady is playing in his 10th Super Bowl, of course, because why wouldn't he be? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think this is a – I was saying it earlier. Tom Brady going to the Super Bowl this year and Belichick having the amount of cap space he does – and all the scrutiny and Brady's eighty percent of the dynasty. We might look back and say it was a great thing Tom Brady went because it lit a fire under Bell, and he's going to go out and spend and do what he can to to make this team relevant again. I, maybe maybe it's a it's it's a blessing in disguise. We'll look back on it. I'm happy for him. I'm happy. Yeah. Keegan, how do you feel? How do you feel about about TB12? I'm happy for him. I mean, so he got drafted. I wasn't even a year old yet. So half of my life he's been to a Super Bowl, and my whole life he's been an NFL quarterback. Like I, I don't know a world without Tom Brady. No, well, that's and crazy. I don't know a world without Tom Brady being like a legend. Yeah. By the time wild. I was like six, started watching football, he was a three-time Super Bowl champion. He was. You lucky I mean, it's bastard. ridiculous, but you lucky bastard. Well, yeah. As I tell people, my daughter's in fourth grade. Fourth grade now. Last year was the first year of her life that the Patriots were was not were not playing in the AFC Championship game. I mean, it's just stupid. Like, it's just stuff like that. You're just like, come on. Like, that's it's insane, you know? And uh, it's it's really unbelievable, you know? I will say, and, you know, Spags, I agree with you, kind of lighting the fire under their ass. Uh, Dale and Keith had me on as a guest. Uh, well, I mean, I called in. We were a guest. But, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> anyways, I said on there, I said, you know, because Keith was going off about how they didn't even, you know, they didn't even – you know, get better this year. They weren't even rebuilding this year. And I said, you know, if that's the case, 
then what your your argument is that the biggest mistake they made was bringing in Cam Newton as the quarterback because it didn't allow the guy that they had to develop. Now, maybe he would have developed into nothing. Maybe he would have sucked, right? We don't know that, of course, because we didn't see him play. And so, you, you know, had he played, you would know whether he did or not. Now, I feel like we're going into this offseason assuming that he sucks, right? Like, that's what we're doing. Even though he we're, didn't play, we're holding out a little bit of hope. We're holding out a little bit of hope. For, I mean, for our for our pride. Yes, right? like if this podcast doesn't think he sucks, maybe, right? but we're not relying on him to be the starting starting quarterback this year. <laughs> but like, but you know, I mean, you could make the argument, and that's kind of what I said. Like, if you feel that way, then then Cam was the problem, and not necessarily everything around them. I don't know if I necessarily buy that, but I guess if you're saying that they should have been rebuilding. But like I feel like they got some pieces, and and the hard part for me is that everyone is so f- hyper focused on the quarterback and the wide receivers, they can't see everything else, right? They can't see the young defensive guys they got. The offensive line looks unbelievable. They can't see that stuff, and I'm like, that stuff is really good. Like, let's not lose sight of that. That that's good. You need all those guys, you know. And and, and we talked about it last week too. Like as as bad as that wide receiver room is, it's probably the worst in the league. Like realistically they're not as far off as you think right like draft one please inside the top 60 like whether you you take it at 15 you move back pick up a pick in the 50s whatever right and time one and then then you're 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 right back in it like i'm not you're not rolling out like what the box got but you have a respectable room right like jacoby myers is your three Nikhil harry's a four which is sad because he's a first round pick um, and then you you draft a, a guy that's ready day one, and you sign a veteran uh, pass catcher that gives you sixty to seventy catches, and is a true number one. And they, right. there's so many guys out there. It's a good year to to need a wide receiver, I guess. Right, it it is. In terms of the scheme of, like you said, they're not that far off. They really they have to make the right decision because right. it's fine and dandy go draft a wide receiver, but if they draft two guys in like the fifth round to compete for a number three spot. You've got four number threes in your wide receiver room. Right. And then you kind of got to hope that one of the free agent wide receivers falls in your lap because if they're not aggressive, they're not going to get one of the top seven free agent wide receivers. Those guys are going to get paid. Chris Godwin's going to get paid. Allen Robinson's going to, those two are going to get paid. 24 years old, dude. Yeah. Those two are going to get paid. Godwin's 24. Big time money. Jesus Christ, dude. And I like I don't know give him all the money. All of it. I don't know what the deal is with Allen Robinson, but people don't realize how good he is. And I think NFL teams realize how good he is. Someone's gonna throw a bag at Allen Robinson. Yeah, and and like people are like, go get him, go get him. That guy spent his entire career without a quarterback. Exactly. And he's gonna come to New England who doesn't have one right now. Exactly. Like unless you go out and you they haven't figured out before free agency, which they very well could. Uh but it's it's unless you're getting Deshaun Watson or or Matthew Stafford that everyone's hyping up, like I don't think you can sell him on coming here when he could go play with anybody he wants. Like no, I but him to the Packers. Also, he's Imagine also him coming, and Devontae. Oh my god, dude. That's be that'd be unfair. He's also coming here with Belichick. He knows that Belichick is in the process of rebuilding things. So he's going to try to find someone. The issue that I have with Allen Robinson is that the offense outside of two years with Randy Moss has never ran with like that true outside number one. It just doesn't run that way. So like, I don't know if it's worth paying all that money for Allen Robinson when 
we don't use him the way other teams would. He'd be amazing. And I think he's he's supremely underrated by people that are not associated with the NFL. And so I think he'd be a great player here. But I just don't know if it's worth spending all that money on a guy who, yes, will be the focal point of your offense. But, like, does your offense really run that way where you're pushing it outside the boundaries? You know, I, I just I don't think that that's the case unless they're going to change the offense, which it seems to me like why would they do that this far along? And, and let's had, get into – go ahead, Keegan, sorry. Right, I was just going to say they had such a chance to change that offense last year. Right. The perfect chance to completely – you know, I wrote something about, like, the Perkins Earhart system this year when, when uh, Ray Perkins died. It's They had a chance to kind of go away from the 1980s and 1990s, and they refused to do it. They had Cam Newton at quarterback, and they ran right. him, like, four times a game. I would have ran him 15 times a game. Right. That's just me. If they're not going to change with Cam Newton at quarterback, they're not going to change with anybody at quarterback. Yeah. So, and let's get on that too with the quarterback situation because obviously, you know, the Niners reportedly have an inside edge on Stafford, and I think that makes a lot of sense for Shanahan and for them to kind of move on. Um, it's a similar contract to what Jimmy G is, so I don't think it affects their cap too much. And I'm not a math guy, so I'm sure it does in some way. But you get my you you catch my drift, Jimmy G. Like it, it who realistically out there, and, and they can certainly address it through the draft. Uh, but as much as I like Mac Jones and he's grown on me over the last few months, I don't think he's ready day one. That's a developmental piece, which fine. If you can get a solid bridge guy in here um, to be competitive now and, and push to make the playoffs as a wild card team or push the division even, and you have your guy behind him to develop for a year or two until you know whoever's here is done, fine. But I think when you look at the realistic options out there as far as veteran quarterbacks, like he makes the most sense. Like Deshaun Watson's not coming here. Matthew Stafford's not coming here. Like I don't don't miss me with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Cam Newton coming back. Like it just makes too much sense. It does. Like it really. If uh, God forbid something could happen with Stafford, he goes somewhere else and they hang on to Jimmy. Then I don't really know which way they go. But like right now, as we're speaking, it makes too much sense for him not to be here. Yeah, if you're looking to win right now, I think he's like the only option. Like. Only viable option. Like, are you really going to go throw a first round pick at the Lions for Matthew Stafford? Please, no. no. You you kind of got to hope that they swing a deal for Stafford. The, they being the 49ers, they swing a deal for him, and then they're kind of just looking to get rid of that money. And they either release him or give him to you on for nothing. And the only other option no. I think for Jimmy, and I've said it, is here in Chicago. Chicago yeah. kid, um, mm. grew up a Bears fan, so obviously there's a connection there, and. I think if he goes there, they Tr- Trubisky's back, right? Did they pick up that option? I don't think they picked it up. No. It, so yeah, okay. So next year it, they'd have to pick it up this year for his fifth year after whatever. Which so if he goes there, there yeah, back. like the, he he has to compete for his job. Like there's no, and they have Foles there, big money there. I mean, obviously there's ways to move around it, but that's really the only. I mean, maybe Indy. I guess there was a report out a few days ago that they talked about trading him when that DeForest Buckner trade. Uh, to give them that that pick to get Javon Kinlaw last year. But I don't know. I mean, like I said, if, in terms of options for him, assuming that they go out and upgrade the position, that them being the 49ers, like it's yeah. slim pickings for him. And you want to come here with, with you know, familiarity with the system. Um, I, I think they'd welcome him back with open arms. And what a way to stir the pot. Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl. And then two weeks later, you bring back Jimmy G. 
Uh, oh, my my sick mind thinks those two hate each other. Like Tom despises Jimmy. How about <laughs> how about the fact that how about the fact that <clears throat> excuse me, Bill got a second round pick for Jimmy G. You know, uses Brady up, get wins an MVP, wins another Super Bowl with him. Let's Brady go for let's Brady walk for one year and then brings Jimmy G back for nothing. And then, you know, he brings them back to the promised land or whatever. You know, like how what a story that would be after Belichick got absolutely murdered for like four straight years for making that trade to then bring him back for nothing. Kind of like what they did with uh Dion Branch, right? Get a first round pick for Dion Branch, trade him, trade back for him for like a fourth round pick or something like that. And he, you know, it's just that would be pretty poetic. I'd be pretty pumped about that. And and two, like um everyone oh, he's a band-aid. He get, the tourney's like, I'm sorry, like you, quarterbacks in today's game, like if you don't tear your ACL at some point in, in your career, like yeah. I, you're you're the dime of the dozen. Like that, it happens now. It's just the type of injury. You're not trying. Um, and then obviously this year with the ankle and the shoulder, like I think it, New England does such a good job, uh, primarily because of the way they develop their offensive linemen and, and how much they value offensive line play. Like the system here, you, you don't get hit much. You, you really don't like it. If you want to be a quarterback and not get hurt, like this is the spot for you. They just right. scheme it up perfectly where you're not hit and, and it's very limited shots. You're not really hanging in there too, too much. Um, so the whole durability thing, like, yeah, I understand it, but I, I think it's blown away a, a little bit too, too much. I agree. I agree. By the way, the other guy that I have on my list uh, my short list for guys that I'm I'm focused on wide uh, quarterback wise is uh, I just want to check it. No one's all right. No one's close to me. Marcus Mariota, don't kill me, okay? Please, right? Don't attack me. But Marcus Mariota, um, cheap money, one year deal. He's a backup right now in Vegas. So like they'll give him up for something because Carr is the guy. Carr seemed to take a little bit of a step forward last year. So. You know, they're not, they don't need the insurance policy. And if you say, hey, we'll send you a fourth round pick for Marcus Mariota. If you're the Raiders, why wouldn't you do that? Right. Were you going to hold on to this guy for one more year for what? Like in case Carr gets hurt, like that's stupid. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense. So if you're willing to give up a fourth, maybe even, well, I don't know about a fifth, maybe even fifth, who knows? Right. Hey, we'll send you, you know, a fourth or fifth round pick for Marcus Mariota and see what happens. He looked good when he played last year. Uh, I know Phil, our guy Phil Perry, was really high on him last offseason. Uh, wanted him to come here. Patriots just didn't have the money, right? He got a huge contract. Well, not huge, but a decently big contract out there. I think his cap hits like 10, almost $11 million next year. So it's not much, comparably speaking. And then he's he's a one-year guy, so then you're focused on the draft. Or you say, hey, look, it's a one-year prove-it deal. And if you come out and you play well, then hey, what the hell, right? Maybe we'll, with those. We'll I, we've been talking about this for a year, dude. A year we've talked about it. I, I, but <laughs> on Mariota, like, yeah, that it's a good guy to bring up. Um, I think that's that could be a guy kind of lying in the weeds that you never know. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah I think it's kind of like the same situation as last year, like you said. But this time, you better go draft a quarterback. Uh huh. You. Uh, be- we're not doing Mariota with Stidham. No. Oh, maybe Stidham can come in and win a couple. He's not going to. I'm sorry. No. He's he's gonna. Jarrett Stidham's going to chase Daniel his way to like $80 million over 11 years, and he's going to be a great backup. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Probably going to win a Super Bowl behind like Justin Herbert or something. But it's not, I'm sorry, it's not happening. Hey, man, I'll be rooting for him the whole way. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, he hey, he's QB one right now, so he is. Uh, that's exactly right. right. Yeah, but he was till that's July twenty seventh last year, um, and then he was QB three. And yeah, like he was hurt. He was hurt, Keegan. All right, he was hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. But he also they started Brian Hoyer over him. He was hurt. He was hurt. Let that Brian game. Hoyer completely throw that game. I'm convinced they threw it on purpose. I don't know how. Maybe they did. How maybe many times? Explain. Explain how the hell Brian Hoyer could have possibly started that game if they weren't throwing it. I mean, like, really. It's just ridiculous, right? Stidham came in and threw, like, two touchdowns in a minute and a half. He threw right. that long pick, but it was garbage time. Yeah, right. It's, come on. We, 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 we defended only... that. Trust me, you know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so, anyways, uh, so let's let's move on. Let's move on to the draft here. Patriots are sitting at 15. Uh, I think, in my opinion, and we we're on the fence. It's funny. It's fun because me and Spags have a difference of opinion on two quarterbacks in the draft. He's higher on Mac Jones than I am. I'm higher on Trey Lance than he is. Um, and so, I think that there are four potentially franchise altering quarterbacks. Uh, definitely three for sure. You want to throw Lance in there? You can. You want to throw Mac Jones in there? Theoretically, you could. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily a franchise altering quarterback, but I think he's a decent quarterback. Um, one that I wouldn't take at 15. Lance, I'd consider at 15, but you better have someone that can start at least this year, if not this year and next year, if you're drafting Lance anywhere. Um, and so, you know, so we'll see. But at 15, what's your dream? Spags, I'll start with you. What's your dream scenario at 15? And then, you know, if that's not there, what what's the next step for you? I'm, my dream scenario would be Jalen Waddle or Kyle Pitts, just because I think the upside there um, at two spots where you need playmakers, uh, and, and most likely those two will probably be there, right? When you think about it, um, you know, three quarterbacks, maybe four. I think Mac Jones is uh, my hot take, maybe even not even hot anymore. I think he's a top 10 pick. I really do. I think he slides his way in the top 10 pick. There could be four or five quarterbacks in the top 10, mm-hmm. right? So you got a t- Penny Sewell. Um, you know, and, and Chase Smith, like Pitts or Waddle will most likely be there at 15. Um, but I think if you're there, you, you don't, they don't have their guy, um, necessarily. I'd love a trade back, right? Like a team like Indy or Washington, that's a little behind you that also needs a quarterback. Uh, if they, you know, if they're higher on trade, I want nothing to do with Dre Lance. I don't care if it's, uh, at 15, no way. Played 16 games in his career. His game log looks like Cam Newton's, uh, and he's not ready at all. Um, but a team like that that may like Lance that the Patriots don't, they trade up. You grab 22 or, or wherever Washington picks at 19 or something like that. You pick up an extra third. You have cream of the car. You pick end of the first, middle second, somewhere in the 60s, then 96. You have four or five picks on day two where I think you can get a lot of value and a lot of holes that you need. Um, so I think we talked about it too, Pat, when I, when I just gave you a call, like, I think the most sense is crazy. The highest they've picked since Gerard Mayo, right? Most sense is to trade back just because they lost that freaking third round pick. And yeah. they're kind of in the same situation as last year where, where they picked it. What? Like 23, right? Yeah. So it just makes so much sense. But like I said, there's going to be so much talent there at, at, a, at one of the spots you need. Micah Parsons potentially, like a, a stud edge, Quiddy Pay, Gregory Rousseau. It'll be tough to pass on that talent. But if you can load up and, and grab a bulk of picks for day two, I'm okay with that too. Right. I'm Go ahead. You everything. 
everything you just said is kind of like where I'm thinking. The dream scenario for me is Kyle Pitts, just because I maybe more than other people think that that tight end room stinks. That's like Devin Asiasi had a good week 17. That's a bad tight end room. I think Ryan Izzo is one of the worst tight ends in the league. I think I think Dalton Keene is a fullback. He's a, he's a half he's an H back. He's not a tight end. I don't. I'll use check in the third round, but that made sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> I tweeted about it. I, I was convinced that he was going to be there, Kyle. I thought McDaniels was going to change the offense. He did it. Whatever. Those two aren't NFL caliber tight ends. They're just not. We we know they're not. Asiasi looks like a really good backup at his peak, I think. Like, that's what I see. You get Kyle Pitts and you transform not just your tight end room, but your receiver room because he can play receiver too. He's what like what I think of when I see him is what the, the Raiders have in Darren Waller. If you take Darren Waller out of that offense, that is not a good receiving core. Like Nelson Aguilar is kind of your best receiver. But you put Waller in and it bumps everybody down a peg. Everybody kind of slides into their natural spot. I think that's what Pitts can do for the Patriots. But if, if he's not there and, and Jalen Waddle's not there – I think you trade back to and the two scenarios that work in my head the most are Miami and Jacksonville. They both have multiple first and second round picks. I think Jacksonville is going to be, I think they're going to be looking to move back up into the first round. I think they want three first rounders. So say they give up both their twos for number 15, they've got what's it? One fifteen and like 20, 24, 30. 30 yeah. Yeah. They have, yeah. they're, Thirty-three would be so it's basically exactly. The first so you round. get yeah. you get right out of the first round, would, where kind of no one wants to be because everybody wants that fifth-year option. But I don't think the Patriots have any problem trading out of the first round. They've mm-hmm. done it like eight times. Yep. So trade out of the first round. You're in that second-round spot where you can grab a receiver that that second tier, like uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Terrace Marshall, Rashad Bateman, maybe Kadarius Tony, maybe Kadarius Tony, maybe like if yeah. you pray to God that he slips. He like pulls a calf or something and a little bit. Yeah, be nice, wouldn't it? Runs a four Um, five. Yeah, exactly. Just hope he forgets how to run. Um, you you grab one of those guys, and then with another second, if if you're able to get two out of it, you can upgrade that defensive tackle spot. I've been so they need a good defensive tackle, and they there's so many in this draft, and there's so many that do so many different things that are probably going to be there. You can kind of like have your pick of what you want. You've got. Barmore, who's kind of like that two-gap guy. Aline McNeil, who's like a gap shooter. Crazy big gap shooter. Tyler Shelvin is another two-gap guy. And then Davion Nixon, who is – it's probably crazy to say, but he might be the best athlete in the draft. He runs like a four five forty. He's like 310 pounds. Insane. He had a 70-yard pick six this past year. He There's a play that I'll I'll highlight in one of my, my upcoming you know threads on Twitter, but – he drops into coverage and then peels off and sacks the quarterback. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And he's like 300 pounds. Oh, my uh, Lord. So enough of getting into all that. But I think that's that's what you want. You want to trade back, grab a receiver, grab somebody who can change the defense, the front seven on the defense, and then kind of in the rest of the draft just shoot your shot at a bunch of talented guys and see what happens. Yeah. Well, I think for me, for me, there's two defensive guys and one offensive guy, and that's – Micah Parsons is number one on my list. If he's there at 15, that's an automatic sprint to the podium draft Micah Parsons because they're looking for athleticism at the linebacker position. Like, hello, that's what they need. 
He's right. the guy that provides that. He'd be fantastic. I think Quiddy Pay is another option, you know, another edge rusher. They need more guys like that. He's explosive. The best edge in the draft, right? I don't think it's really that close, to be honest with you. Um, and so, you know, Quiddy Pay there. And then the the wide receiver for me is Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle's there at 15. I think that's an automatic no-brainer. You have yeah. to take him. And I think I'd all like, those guys, at least one of those guys will be there. Like they Yeah, should. and that's what I think. And, and I, I think the Kyle Pitts thing makes sense, too. The other guy for me, I love Trey Lance, and I know Spags hates him. And I know for a fact there's there's a 0% chance that Bill Belichick is going to draft him. There's 0% yeah. chance. There's there's nothing. Nothing is a short. As a matter of fact, I think it's more. it's significantly more likely that he would take Mac Jones at 15 then he would take Trey Lance. Hundred percent, and that—that's what I was telling you earlier. Um, right. I, I want to dig. I'll dig it up. Uh, I want to tweet it because I think it's you know it relates to them. Since eleven, when they drafted Ryan Mallett in the third round, uh, Brady was thirty-five or thirty-four at that time, um, and obviously didn't know the longevity. Right, like no one would have predicted this. They drafted Ryan Mallett, who was a three-year starter, played at Michigan, sat out a year, played two years at Arkansas. Next was Jimmy G, I believe, yep. a three-year starter. Jacoby Brissett, the next year, third round. Played for two years in the ACC, senior. Uh, then Etling, LOL. <laughs> and yeah. then Stidham, right? Another senior, three years of college experience at a big-time school. Right. Um, it, it's obvious, and I know it helps when you had Tom Brady, but I think a, of those guys picked, like especially Jimmy, I think at Mallet maybe, and, and Stidham, I guess you could argue too, were potential successor plans. Um, and you see how much Belichick values experience in, in, you know, uh, age at that position, someone that played at a big time school that has a lot of experience in big time games. Uh, that's why I think Mac Jones is very intriguing to them, uh, because they'll probably be in a spot to take him. And I, I want to get into him too. Like at 15, it's so interesting. And I truly think he, he pro I think he goes before Trey Lance just because of the year he's had and. Uh, the week he's having a senior bowl, and I think he got a little banged up today, got like a stinger on his foot. Yeah, he got uh, stepped on. But I think that's a guy who's we see a quarterback every year, and obviously Joe Burrows was like insane. We'll probably never see that, but there's always a quarterback in there that's, you know, somewhere in the two to four range, whoever ranks him, um, that just seemingly has their stock rise um, as as the draft approaches. And I think he's a prime example of that. And with Trey Lance not playing this year. Having being a one year starter at D one, you know, double A school, it's hard to pass on Mac Jones over him. I know the athleticism and the upside on Lance might be extremely higher, um, but I, I think when you're looking at a Patriots scheme of things, Mac Jones is the perfect fit. But is the the, the question is is that a, a good value pick at fifteen when he's probably not ready there, and you have a lot of holes and you can upgrade it at, at that spot? Yeah, you said it earlier about like how five of them might go in the top 10. I think somebody's going to take a chance on Jones. I don't know if it's the Patriots. I think somebody's going to fall in love with Trey Lance and they're going to take him way too high. And I yeah. think it's kind of going to, it's going to not be good for him. He's, he did, he did like so much for that North Dakota state offense. And the, if, if you know anything about their system, they're, you know, they're the powerhouse of one double a or whatever, F, FCS, BS, whatever he was practically the offensive coordinator in that system that the quarterback yeah. is the offensive coordinator. They, I think they give him one play and they go out and, and run five and then they come back and get one play and go run five. He's 
It's crazy. I think somebody's going to fall in love with him. I think the Panthers are going to fall in love with him, particularly because What'd you say? They ate. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's a good spot for him to like learn behind Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater is a bridge quarterback. He's right. he's not a starter. Well, and I so, but see, I think that that works though because you know a guy like him, yeah, it doesn't really it, it doesn't really matter where he gets taken. It's just the fact that you can't take him and then throw him on the field. You just can't do that. And so if some team looks at this kid and says, "Oh my God, he's a he's a stud." Let's throw him on the field right away. That's a mistake. That's where you're going to be like, you're going to blow this guy's career, mm-hmm. you know, but if you can let him sit and, and learn, I think there's a chance that he can, he can, div- and look, that's what the, that's what you're buying, right? You, you, he's a, he's a lottery ticket. He is the guy that you're like, Hey man, we're going to buy this and we're going to see what happens, you know? And this kid could be Josh Allen. He, right. He's that good. He's got the arm talent. He's got the mobility. He could be Josh Allen. 2020 Josh Allen and he leads us to a Super Bowl and plays almost at an MVP level and does that for 10 years. You know, like he could be that guy. He could also be a bust and be terrible. And so we just haven't seen enough of him. So we don't know. But that's what you're buying. And I think in that at that spot, if you're a team like that and you're willing to do it, screw it. Like do it. Bill's not going to do that. He's yeah. never going to do that. He, that's just not who he is. And and part of me would love to see him do it. But I know that he wouldn't because he wants the sure thing. And that's why Mac Jones makes more sense because Mac Jones is safe. He's he's not like you know what you're getting from him. And like when you hear when you hear the analysis, right? He doesn't wow you with anything. He just does everything well. And I'm like, well, that's that's like the prototypical Patriots guy. Not flashy, not like that's that's exactly the type Win, of wins pre-snap. Like it's right. just, yeah. that's what you just had for 20 years. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. yeah, and that's you know the only thing for me is that I just don't know how well those quarterbacks fare anymore. Like I know, and we talked about this earlier on Twitter. Like mm-hmm. he's good in the pocket, but Brady is Brady's Brady. He's the best yeah. in the pocket of all time. You know what I mean? Like, is he? Can he develop into someone that's close to that good in the pocket? If he can, then you don't necessarily need the mobility, you know. But like it's pretty nice to have that mobility and and the NFL is changing where all those elite guys all have both. They have the mobility and they have the arm strength and they have the accuracy. That's what you need to be an elite quarterback in the NFL. He's missing one huge chunk of that. And that's why to me at 15 doesn't make sense. Now, if you're telling me at 46, he's still there. Sure. I'll take him at 46, but he's definitely not going to be there at 46. So like, so to me, it's, it's not worth it. I think those Outside the three, right? Wilson, Lawrence, Fields, right? Jones and Lance, uh, I think are shoe ins for top fifteen picks, obviously. But they need to take, and we talked about it with Brad, kind of that Patrick Mahomes route where you sit for fifteen weeks, maybe a mix in a start to the back end of the year, whether you're out of it or you know you need a little bit of a a, a spark in there. Uh, just to get their feet wet before year two, where they you expect them to really take that jump and, and kind of take the reins. Um, that's why it's it's a head scratcher for the Patriots because it's like they should have their quarterback figured out by the draft. I I hope. Right. Um, They're gonna have to. They have to. Be, do you do you love Mac Jones enough to be like, yes, he's our guy. We're gonna have him sit for a year, even two, and miss taking you know an extremely valuable talent at fifteen. Um, that can you know also fill some holes for you this year and beyond. Uh, so it's interesting. I, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, 
15 for me, it's just not the spot for him. It's just not where he's, you know, I think if somebody takes him early and they want to start him right away, like all the power to you, you believe in this kid, you want him to be your franchise quarterback, go ahead and let him be your franchise quarterback. If the Patriots take him, it's, well, we're probably going to sign somebody off the street. You can learn behind somebody, kind of learn with them. You can learn the system with them, not behind them. That's not, they don't have anybody to teach him the system right now. I mean, Stidham, but you know, they don't have a, 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 uh, if you go back to the the Mahomes analogy, they don't have an Alex Smith for him to learn behind. Right. So I think what I've been saying, I think the best spot for him is late first round. You've got the Colts who have Jacoby Brissett if they want to re-sign him. He knows the system. You, he can learn behind him for a year and then kind of go for it after that. Or the Steelers who Big Ben wants to come back. He wants to restructure his contract. And if he does, it's going to be for it's going to be a one-year thing. They're not going to give him multiple years. So – have him come back, have this kid learn behind him. Very similar in terms of, you know, cerebral before the snap, accurate. Not so much anymore for Big Ben, but accurate and kind of wins before the snap and wins inside the pocket. Right. So I think those those are the spots. The Patriots, it's just it's not a fit. Yeah. To, to me, you know, if I'm if I'm drafting for the Patriots, right. That's not the spot. Right, and also you're not drafting him like you said. You're not drafting him as your franchise quarterback to start right away because exactly. you have to address the quarterback spot before the draft. You can't rely at 15 that you're going to get the next guy. You just can't. Even if your guy is Mac Jones, what if he goes in the top 10? He could, and then you're screwed. You know, right. and you can't go into the draft with that. You're going to have to do something in free agency, and then if you do something in free agency, you're not giving the keys to 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 him. You know, now now with that being said. If someone like Wilson or Fields drops to ten, and you have an opportunity to trade up for him, then you do it. Even even if you brought someone in, it doesn't matter at that point because the guy is so talented that it makes no difference. You know, never going to happen, of course. But like, if it did, then you'd have to go up and get the guy. But you're not drafting Mac Jones at fifteen if you bring someone like Jimmy G in because it just doesn't make sense to do that. I've always said too, for like the last month and a half, if you told me what you think the Patriots are doing. At quarterback, like you're lying, you you have no idea. I I wonder now what what their plans are. It's so interesting, and maybe they still don't know, right? Like it, it's they probably are waiting for some chips to fall on some of these veterans, um, and and kind of go through the pre-draft prospect uh, process with some of these prospects. Um, but it's it, it could go so many different ways, like. Well, I think the, the I just want to know. I'm so done with like it's just it's gonna be patient. I know, but damn it, just let me know who the quarterback is. You know, the two the two dominoes at the fall are Stafford, of course, yep. and, and then Watson. Like the question is, is Watson gonna get dealt? Because it seems like they're gonna have to move him because he's not gonna play there, right? He still hasn't talked to to Patricia uh, to Casario. Like he's not. He hasn't talked to the head coach. Like he's done. He's he's not coming. And so maybe he'll sit out, maybe he'll whatever. But if you're the Texans, like, I don't know, if someone's going to throw you a crazy offer, like, I think you kind of have to take it at this point if he's that upset that he's not going to play for you. I mean, if the Jets offer you 2 and 24 and their first-round pick next year, I mean, you kind of have to take that, right? Because And then at 2, you draft... You know, whether it's Wilson or Fields, whoever you prefer, and you have your franchise quarterback again. You know, and clearly they're not as good as Deshaun Watson, or well, maybe they will be, but they, they're not they as good as Deshaun Watson yet. The Texans. <laughs> well, and so, yeah, because they're drafting 
in the second, what, the third round? Do they even have a second round pick? I mean, they have no, nothing. They, they have a third round pick. That's the other part of it, too, is like, it's irrelevant for you. Like, you are, you have nothing. You have nothing. You have no assets. Like, when Casario, I heard Casario going there. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He's, you got no assets. You got no offense. You got, like, what the hell? Like, what is the benefit of going to Houston? I thought it's that a good that time for Deshaun to request trade because it's like I they they yeah. need picks. Like I right. can get out of here and they can. Well, that's why you trade him, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you end up with you know. And say you even get a third. Say say they offer you two twenty four, their third round pick and their first round pick next year. I think that's reasonable for the Jets. And if I'm Houston, I I do it. I do it because then you can get the next guy if you if you believe in one of those quarterbacks. You know, whether it be Fields or Wilson, whoever it is that you believe in, if you believe in one of those guys, you make that trade because you have nothing right now. If Miami, if he get, if he goes to Miami, like they're a pretty scary. Yeah, they're pushing Kansas City. I'm sorry, like that, that team loaded, loaded. Oh yeah, like yeah. probably better than the Bills, in my opinion. Like they, they're a quarterback away. They, if I mean, they, they see how they are on defense and hit on one of the five picks they have in the top fifty, right. Now, of course, I mean, you're trading a, a bunch of those away to get him. Right. But even still, you know, so you say you trade three of those, you still got two of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you, you got, you know, you have you enough. Have to to ex- something. It's interesting what they include, like, do you include, if you get Watson, you probably have to include Tua. Right. They, you know, yeah. and they, but then you're getting the three pick. So it's like, do they... Does do we get dealt again? Do they that's not? why Miami. That's why Miami doesn't make sense. Miami yeah. doesn't make sense because of that, you know. Or, or Miami says, okay, two is not in the deal, and then they move to a, to someone else, mm-hmm. you know, similar to what the, to what they did with Josh Rosen in Arizona, where you say, hey, look, we're moving on with Deshaun Watson. We like, we love you, you know. Like love you mean it, as Felger would say, love you mean it, but you know, we'll see you later. You know what I mean? He's never gonna. He'll never come here because why help? a team that kicked your ass for 20 years no, no help them at their biggest need. Right. But like Indy Pittsburgh, I mean like uh, whatever team is that deal is making out you're, yeah. you're getting two for what, what would you have to throw in a third? It'd have to be a second or a third. I mean, that's what Rosen got traded for a third. Move them at that point though. Rosen, yeah. was, Rosen was, Rosen was dead. He was, I mean, they knew that he sucked Tua at least looked pretty good. I mean, I don't know how good he looked, but he looked okay for you know for some of the for some of the years. So you'd have to give up something, but you're sure as hell not giving up a first round pick. So it's like you're still making out on the trade a second round pick for Tua. Like you're making out on the deal, guy that went top imagine five. Imagine if if Houston like at one point Houston had the one like what through like nine weeks weren't they like set to pick one? Like imagine Miami in that slot. Like you, it's sickening. I mean, it's just sickening when you look at how. They gave up that much for Laramie Tunsil, and they traded away Deshaun uh, to freaking DeAndre Hopkins for nothing. Like I just I don't understand how you, you know, talk about a poorly run franchise. And that's why I said I said at the end of the year I said that's the worst job in football. I would go any I'd take the Jets over them because at least the Jets have draft picks. Like it's a no brainer. I'm not going to freaking Houston. That's it's stupid, you know. And I know they're they're. You know, you can argue about whether the Colts and the Titans are for real, but like they have a decent, like a decent division that they're playing in, and they have nothing. They have nothing, and so it's like you know, yeah, you got the quarterback, but what the hell good does it do? Will Fuller's a free agent, so he may not be back, and then it's like you got nothing else there. It's just what what a complete and utter disaster that team is, and 
it all falls on the shoulders of Bill O'Brien for moving on from guys when he shouldn't have and trading for guys. It's just like, I mean, they traded for a left tackle. They gave up everything for left tackle and they still couldn't protect the quarterback. It's just like, come on, dude. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Anyways, so that's you know that's our that's our Texans bashing. We can we can end with our Texans bashing there, but uh, or end our Texans bashing, I should say. I just think you know free agency. I want to talk about the wide rec- the the free agent wide receivers, right? We talked a little bit about Allen Robinson. Who's your guy, Keegan? Do you have a guy that you're like that's the guy that I want? You know, it would be Allen Robinson if I, you know, if I was dreaming, if I thought who right. who's the guy. Who I would want in the offense, I think it would be Allen Robinson, but I, I just don't think that happens. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's I think it's kind of got to be Corey Davis. I love. I yes. think yes, they're looking for a physical outside guy. They thought they were going to get it with Nikhil Harry. They haven't. Um, not that I think it's Nikhil Harry's fault. Like we could get into that, but Jesus, Josh McDaniels. <laughs> yeah. So. So do you want Corey Davis in the offense or is it, are they just going to do to him what they they've done to Nikhil Harry? So it's kind of, um, I stray away from those guys usually, but I think Corey Davis is out of the options out of who you'd be willing to pay. I think, I think he's the guy for me. It's for me, it's Curtis Samuel. Um, I think it's a little bit, I don't want to say cheap, um, but it's, you know, he's not demanding top of the market like Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin or even Juju or, you know, guys like that, um, you talk about Davis and what he can bring and kind of what they're looking for. Samuel can line up all over the place. I mean, jet sweeps and line up in the backfield and, you know, really dominate in between the, in between the numbers. Uh, I think that's a guy that they'd have a lot of fun with. They lack speed and a lot of, you know, versatility at that spot. Um, I think, like I said earlier, you know, at the wide receiver position, they, they're horrible right now, but they're one and one away from being, you know, one and one being sign one and, 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 you know, draft one too, you know, an impact guy right away that can come in and play. Um, I think if you get Samuel, yeah, it's not, maybe not the sexiest pick, like some of those top guys, but um, I think you can get him on a, on a relatively, you know, cheaper deal than what those top guys are demanding. And like I said, draft one and, and ready to roll. You got Jacoby as your three, maybe you bring Demir Bird back. You still have Nikhil. Yeah. Um, so you're working with something there. I, you know, it's funny because, uh, Corey Davis was my guy going into the year. He had torched, you know, he torched Gilmore a few, diff- a few times. Tennessee had never really used him. So he was just kind of like there and everyone said, this guy sucks. He's a bust. And then Tennessee used him like crazy this year and he looked great. And I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. Freaking Tennessee. Like could have had him for nothing, you know, but I still think, you know, he's, he's one of the lower guys on there. A guy that I'm, that I have my eye on. And Spags mentioned him as Juju. And the reason why I have my eye on him is because now everyone, everyone shitted on him this year, but he had like 96 catches this year. Like he, and he turned into the third, he, he was there. 96 catches for 220 yards. Hey, listen, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, but this is my thing with him, right? I think he's a good wide receiver. 
if he's if he's demanding top of the market wide receiver money, then hell no, hell no. But with his drop off in play and the fact that he was pa- passed by a few other guys, and then also the fact that you know people look at the stupid TikTok crap, I think is I think is overblown. But if you look at that and you say we don't want that type of crap on on our team, and his price starts going down a little bit, and he doesn't have the options, and you're able to bring him in on a fairly again. You're not going to get him for nothing, but if you're able to bring him in on a fairly cheap deal, he's he's young as hell too, man. He's like 22, that, 23, something stupid. He's like 24, I think. I mean, it's stupid. He might even be 23. You might be right. It's it's dumb how young he is. And so I look at that and I say, okay, yeah, bring him in. Maybe he's not the number one guy. But so what? If I can get him on a cheaper deal, absolutely I'll take that. And he's willing to play outside, and he's willing to play in the slot, and he's willing to kind of do everything. And so – I like him a lot. Again, I'm not giving him a, a huge contract. I'm not saying he's the number one receiver on the board, uh, you know, as, as far as free agency is concerned. But I feel like value is what the Patriots are always going for. They're always going for give me a guy that I can get for cheaper than he's worth. And Juju, I think, is a great example of that type of guy this offseason that they can get for cheaper than he's actually worth. Uh, we'll see if that actually if that if it pans out that way, but. If that's the case, that's a guy I have my eye on coming here. Yeah, the the only thing with Juju for me, sorry to cut you off, Spags. No, you're good. With him, you can get Juju Smith Schuster in the middle of the second round and just gonna say that. round. Yep. Right. That's that's Juju Not Smith. Even in particular, but you could find someone it, literally his literally his age right now. Yeah. <laughs> so second. you could in that second round, I mean, there's gonna be like eight or nine guys who fit that exact all. role. Right. Of like underneath guy, they'll do the dirty work. They can get vertical up the field, stuff like that. You you know, as a player, I think you can find Juju Smith Schuster, the player, easily in this draft. So yeah. that that would be my only hesitation in signing and, a guy. And Davis, don't you think that? I know they got a AJ Brown's like you know top five wide receiver. Um, I just can't see. I know they didn't pick up that fifth year option at the beginning of the year. Obviously, why he's a, a free agent, but. I just think they do everything in their power to keep him around. Like they got to pay AJ. Um, what net after after, after next, next year. year? So, I mean, obviously they got to you know watch the cap there. But I don't know. I mean, they're losing. We didn't even talk about the tight ends, but Johnny Smith. Like I, I'd, I'd want him mm-hmm. almost a little bit more than than Corey Davis. And and that's no disrespect to him. It's just like the upside there. Um, is huge, and I think it helps the development of of those younger tight ends that you drafted. But love the John Smith, by the way. Give yeah, me all the John, Smith, Gerald all Everett the is number one for me. I would love Gerald Everett here. I, I mean, I think they need to sign one. You can't go into into year two with Asiasi and Keen, and then another rookie. Like you can't just get a that. yeah, just get a veteran guy who can contribute, be at least a threat. Like you don't even like come in and catch twenty five balls, thirty balls. Like I, I don't care. Right. And just take a little bit of the load off these younger guys and maybe, you know, help their development. Uh, like I said, Gerald Everett would be perfect. I think John U. Smith gets good money, maybe shocks a little people just because yeah. it's not a deep class. Like Hunter Henry is going to be massively overpaid oh, strictly yeah. because he oh, just yeah. demands the top of the market. Like there's no one below him. His name alone. The guy can't say yeah. help. I mean, he's a great player. Like when he's healthy he on know? the field, I love him. I love his game. But I, like you said, he's not on the field. That's why I think John U. Smith. Is kind of that start of that tier two or that one A tight end that he might get a lot like a pretty big price tag, 
Um, so like a guy like Gerald Everett, I mean, you saw what he can do in that Rams. I mean, the year they went to the Super last year, the year went to the Super Bowl, they dominated. I mean, yeah. a receiving threat. Put it that way, a receiving threat at tight end. Yeah. He's a good player. He's a good player. So we'll see. A lot of there's a lot of options. I think the biggest thing for them, look, they got sixty million dollars in cap space right now, as far as we know. Now maybe the cap goes up a little bit, they end up a little bit more. Um, but you know, sixty million dollars in cap space right now. The issue with them is that they have a ton of guys they gotta pay. Right, they got a ton of guys they got to pay. They got to pay J.C. Jackson. They have to figure out what they're going to do with Stephon Gilmore. He's making seven million dollars next year. That's obviously not going to happen. So, uh, the question with Gilmore, with me, and I'll ask you about this, Keegan, too. And, and Spags, we talked about this already, but I, we can talk about it again. Is what is that extension going to look like? Is he is he, will he be willing to take a two year extension? I don't think so. But if he is, I'd I'd happily do that with Stephon Gilmore. If he's going to want a four-year extension, meaning four years after this year, then I'm trading him. That's my opinion. And so we'll see what happens there. But I think that you have to figure out what you're going to do with Gilmore. I think Adam Butler, you cannot let Adam Butler walk. He has to come back here. You know, I look at, uh, you know, Akeem Hicks, uh, they let him walk and he was dominant. Uh, that's a mis- It'd be a mistake to let Adam Butler walk. You have Lawrence Guy, too. I'd like to see him back, but we'll see what happens. I think money's going to dictate that one. And then David Andrews is the biggest one to me. Offensively, you get Andrews, Tooney, and James White. Those three guys, Tooney, I assume, is going to be gone because Onwenu is here now. You didn't expect that, obviously, which is why you franchised him in the first place. But now you got Onwenu, who isn't as good as Joe Joe Tooney, but is pretty damn good for nothing. You know, you can't you can't justify paying fifteen million dollars a year or more to Tooney. Andrews has to be back. Patriot for life. Can't let him go. James White. James might be might be a Shane Marine type player where he's going to get big money from somewhere else and you just can't match it and it's going to suck to let him walk. But I think you kind of have to do it. You don't really have much of a choice if he gets a big contract from someone. You talk about Gilmore and we talked earlier about trying to find a way to kind of fill that gap between two and three. Mm-hmm. Um you can potentially do that without trading 15, right? And right. then like, do you draft Patrick Sertain there? Right, you know, like a right. lock, best corner of the draft, best cover guy in the draft. Um, so there's a bunch of obstacles. Like we could get into that too, but I think that that's another option for them to, you know, someone who trades for Gilmore probably wants an extension in place, and I'm sure they will. Um, but I mean, there's a second, maybe a. Th- I mean, if they trade him for a third, it's like, eesh. Can't but you can pick a second right there, and there's your gap, right? Like yeah. you're getting. 15, 46, and somewhere in the 50s, if you know, considering right. where, where it goes. But that's another way they can fill a little bit of the gap on day two. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the Gilmore thing, and on the Patriots end, they kind of can't lose in that situation to me. You've got, you're paying him $7 million. He's not going to play for $7 million. Right. He just won't do it. We saw it last year where he mysteriously didn't show up to training camp for a few days and then got this big, ex- right. or, pay raise for or advance whatever it was i don't yeah. know that's that didn't accidentally happen you know yeah that was intentional so, right i mean if they don't want to give him the extension which it's a 30 what 32 year old cornerback what was the last good 32 year old cornerback you know? know like i mean if they don't want to give him that which i don't know if they will or not they have plenty of options Right. When it comes to what they can do with him. And I think, like you said, they're not going to trade him for a third rounder, but anything in the top 60, I think they'll they'll entertain. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, he, he'll be 31 at the start of the year. So, so, but, 
you know, so you look at 31, if you sign him for four more years after that, you're talking about him playing till 35 and he's getting top of the market money till then. You just, you just simply cannot do that. And he might be looking for that. And if he is, I don't necessarily blame him. I was going to say, he deserves every penny, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, go yeah. get your bag. Go get your bag. And so, you know, but as a, as when you're looking at it, if you're the Patriots, you can't justify that. Like I said, two years after this year, I'm down. I'm down for it, 100%. But, you know, once you start getting into four years after this year, then that's where you lose me, you know? I can't see him sign. Like, and like we said, he's such a low key guy. He could love it here, and we don't know. Right. Um, but these guys, I mean, obviously, he hit free agency and signed a pretty decent ticket. Um, right, like right yeah, immediately in, in day, day one, yeah. That was Belichick again getting kind of like paying top dollar at the time for a corner, and then you see these Ramsey and these Byron Jones contracts, like just so so he's underpaid. When at right the time right. he was like, everyone's like, this is so big. Um, so technically, like you wait all your career, and he, this is his last chance at kind of cashing in at a big payday, right? Um, so I, it makes sense for him to to want to entertain you know, a, a trade and or a sign and trade type thing where he can get some, some, you know, um, security there long-term. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I think of like the Darrell Rivas situation where you had Darrell Rivas and he was coming up, you, you signed him to a one-year contract, 31 or 32, I believe he was at the time. I think so. Yeah. He signed, was it a two-year contract with the, the Jets and fell off a cliff? Yep. Like, they always had guys under him grooming. Like, look at, you know, Butler yeah, and then exactly. Jason Jackson now. Talib. They had, they had and, at the time, Brendan Browner was a really good cornerback, and they had him on the other side. They let both of them go. Then they had Logan Ryan and, and Malcolm Butler kind of waiting in the wings. So I think, like you said, two years, go ahead, sign him to a two-year contract and kind of give him the money that he deserves, let him play it out, and then see what happens after that. Right. I don't know if he'll accept that. I don't know if he'll take two that- years. Because this is his last chance. Correct. No one in the world is going to pay a 34-year-old, let alone a, you know, a 32-year-old. So you, you kind of got to hope that he'll he'll stick with you. But I don't I don't know. He's probably – some dumb team is going to give him a four- or five-year contract. So. And that's it. That's it 100%. You know, and if you're the Patriots and you look at it and say, hey, look, we can't sign this guy. You know, what do you want us to do? And, you know, you call up, you know, whoever, the Steelers or, or whomever it is, and you say, hey, look – we got Gilmore, throw us your second round pick, and, and we'll make it happen. And then you can sign him to whatever you want. And then they say, okay, let's do it. And then they lock him up for four years. And and he's probably dominant for at least two or three of those years, you know. Yeah. But is he dominant for all five? I can't imagine. I mean, worst yeah. case scenario, you sell him as a rental for a second round pick. Right. For a team that's competing, that needs help, they'll be more than happy to. Here's a second round pick for. One a top five the best corner in the league, seven yeah. million dollars. Like, right? I'd I'd give up. I'd give People, up. A yeah. that. And that's like, oh, we'll do all these trades. It's like, well, besides him, they don't have an asset on the team that anyone's yeah. willing to entertain. And that right. one really good asset has mm-hmm. a contract that he's not going to play for. So you have to pay him too. So and like have fun trading for all these crazy people in your, in your fantasy well, world. And, that, and that's, that's why weird. where it's like, you know, Oh, Deshaun Watson. And it's like, well, listen, I mean, in a normal, if he was signed in a normal contract and had like two years left in his deal, I'd say, you know, 15 Gilmore and another first probably gets it done. Cause he's that good. But like, and maybe not even because they're like rebuilding and they don't really necessarily need a number one corner right now because they're not going to be like competing for a championship. But even still, the guy's a monster. But it's like, yeah, you're going to have to pay him. 
and then it's like, well, what does he want? You know, so that's that's where it looks like to me where it's like, eh, I, I just he doesn't have the value. Like you said, second round pick, I could see that happening. Third round pick, I, I I'd almost want to keep hold on to him from the Patriots, but second round pick, I'd make it happen. I'd and I'd do it. I think it makes a lot of sense to do that. So, anyways, this dude, this has been uh quite a lot of fun, Keegan. <laughs> I know, you know, we're going. Nice we're timer going. here. I think we'll start yeah. using this more. I like it. I like it. We had a few, we had a few, uh, a few viewers on here, which was kind of cool. We didn't really say anything about us going live, but we're like, oh, we'll do it on uh, on Streamyard, and we won't go live. And then I'm like, how do we record it without going live? And I was like, oh, I guess we're going live. <laughs> so, like me with technology, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, right, right. So we'll figure it out as we get here eventually, you know. But uh, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and uh, and Keegan. You and Spags, man, uh, had, dude, you guys with the freaking prospect, you know, Excel spreadsheet, unbelievable. Uh, the amount of work that went into that, unbelievable. You guys got a shout out. He crushed Christian. it because I, I brought it up to him in like September and kind of yeah. built it out. And I logged in and I obviously I'm watching, right? But I'm the type of person like I just watch and be a sponge. And then I just like, as soon as I know the Patriot season's over or whatever, like, then I'll really dive into it. I logged in one day. This kid had all the tight ends, all the quarterbacks, you know, wide receivers ranked. Um, and then we kind of divvied it up. But props to him. Killed yeah, it. When I, when I first talked to Burned about like, hey, what can I do? Can I do anything? He was like, you know, I know you said you like draft stuff, but it's kind of it's kind of all taken care of. We've got a lot of guys who like to do draft stuff. And Spags gave me this idea, and I was like, I'm running with it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm going to do – I'm just going to – shove everything in my brain onto the success. Well, and listen, there is, there is no, and if you haven't thing. seen Keegan, I was actually, I meant to text you. Um, so breaking news here, I put Mac Jones ahead of Trey Lance on that. I, oh, I, I, and I was like, I should probably let him know. Cause I don't want him to think like, I'm, you know, I'm taking charge over here, but I just, I love him. And you, it was after you tweeted, I think I'm falling in love with Mac Jones. So I was like, all right, he's completely on board with this. I'm not going to ruffle any feathers. No, watching him at the Senior Bowl, I was like, man, this guy's awesome. I love this guy. Like, how it, many quarterbacks are there? Is it just three? Uh, at the no, there's six. So there's there's Jones, Kellen Mond, Kellen Newman. Mond Sam Ellinger, oh, that's right. Uh, okay, Amy Newman. Yep. Ian I didn't. Bull, oh yeah. And then uh, uh, I don't want to say a bum because that's not nice, but uh, some guy. I don't know who it is, so <laughs> it can't be. Like, I want to know we're gonna draft. Let me kid. go to my my trusty Excel sheet. I'll tell you exactly who it is. Is it Brady White, the Memphis kid? Felipe Franks, and oh, you know yeah. what? That guy stinks. He is a yeah. bad quarterback. <laughs> got job when he got hurt, and he was actually a twelfth round pick by the Sox. Got drafted Almost. by the Red Sox. Yep. Yeah. Really? He's gonna. He should have picked baseball. Because uh, yes. man, if you heard Todd McShay talk about him today, you'd think I was out there throwing the the, the football. <laughs> it was rough. McShay's been rough. I haven't really yeah, you know, I've been working, but he, I'll throw it out in the background. He's been rough, he said, I guess. I, I threw I I mean, uh as we sit now with the, the spreadsheet, there's 118 profiles and there's twenty-two more coming in the next couple of days. Um I threw like thirty in in the past few days that I've been working on forever. And Dwayne Eskridge was like a guy who I had no idea who he was, and then I watched him, I was like, This guy's awesome. Todd McShay said he was a first round pick today, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because the Western Michigan kid, right? Yeah, yeah. He on like on film, he looks like Tyreek Hill. He's not Tyreek Hill, obviously. Right. But 
the size and the speed and like the that weird thing that he does where he works across the field but he gains like 80 yards you know kind of just like running straight but that's Dwayne Eskridge does the same thing oh god hey you never know maybe 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 the fucking Chiefs will probably draft him in in the third round you know a couple couple weeks ago I said the Chiefs every time I watch them it reminds me that you just need to draft the fastest person available and you're good (laughs) if you draft a really fast guy and you get someone that can get him the ball it's not that hard like like Nico Hardman's not a good wide receiver but he's fast so give him him the ball Scotty Miller's faster than both of them yeah I mean, you know, well, the thing, the thing for me, and this is like Tyler Johnson, we were back and forth on this. Like Tyler Johnson is fine. He's fine. I loved him. He was my first thread I ever did. Yeah. Last he's, year was Tyler Johnson. I loved him. And they, he went two picks after Justin Rohrwasser, who will never make an NFL roster. But, but like the thing about him is that if you drafted him in here, he would have stunk this year. Because like you're you're asking him to do too much. He's in Tampa, and you got five other guys that they're going to throw to over him, and he just goes in and catches a ball every now and again. Like it's not Brady's gone you know, to like, him the last two weeks with the game online. He made that nasty like Malcolm Mitchell like sideline catch. You're right. You're and, right. And Drew's in, like you're right. Trust man. You're right. I agree with you. No, but I'm not like, arguing with you on that. I'm just saying like he's the he, open guy in that situation because he's getting mean? the he's getting the fourth corner in that situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's not like. He's not getting locked up by the number one guy. That's the whole point. Like he's getting like the safety is covering him. You know what when I mean? Like he's having the worst game of his life. They throw him on Tyler Johnson, and then that's what happens. It's, right, right. He holds oh. him, and then the game's over. What a what an absolute disaster that guy was, dude. Talk about talk about like just oh, the, the Packers. Listen, I went zero four last week. I was on a heater. I went eight and zero, eight and zero in the divisional round. Murdered it. And I dra- I I picked in the championship round, and I said I'm probably going to go 0 4 this week. I'm picking against Mahomes and Brady. I'm an idiot, but this is what I want to happen. And so I should have said what I want to happen isn't going to happen. It's that type of year. It's 20. I know it was 2021, but it's still 2020. What I want to happen is not going to happen. Don't be an idiot and pick Brady and Mahomes. And I didn't. And I went 0 4. And like, and I, it was the first quarter of the Green Bay game. And I said, uh-oh, <laughs> I severely underestimated how bad the Packers are in big moments. And it was just like, well, that was it. It was just, oh. I don't know what happened. Watch, watching them in the divisional round, I was like, oh, they're going to kill the Bucs. Like, yeah. the, this offense, this red zone offense, and then they get in the red zone and crap themselves. All like, right. Rant. One, one, one rant here. I got to do it. Got to do it. Okay. People killed me for it. Killed me for it all over Twitter. I don't disagree with what they did at the goal line. I think it was the right decision to kick the field goal because, and here's the reason why you have Tom Brady on the other side, man. You have to stop Brady no matter what. You have to stop him no matter what. Even if you score and tie the game, you still have to stop him. Right. And so you lose. In Mickens does that thing with where he avoids running the two seconds off. Remember? I don't know what the hell that. I mean, first of all, you pooched it. First of all, why the hell aren't you trying to kick it out of the end zone? And then you kick it short. He catches it and then dives. What the hell is we, we both teams screwed that one up? I, I I don't understand. Clearly, he was told to do that. But I'm sure they said like run out, run to the two minute warning, and then dive so you don't fumble. I would imagine is what they said. But like, why? I don't know. It, what, what an absolute cluster. But anyways, but my point is that you know analytics Twitter went nuts. You have to go for it. You have to go for it. You have, to me, you're down eight. 
even if you score a touchdown, which you got like a 35% chance to score a touchdown, even if you score a touchdown, now you still have to pick up the two-point conversion, which they were unable to do earlier in the game, which I guess then statistically, you know, because of consecutive probability, you're statistically better, have a better chance to get it the second time because you didn't get the first time, but like whatever, you know what I mean? It's like you flip a coin, you you get heads, you're statistically more likely to get tails the second time, even though it's 50-50. But either way, I still thought like, you know, it, to me, it made sense. Yes, you're still down by a touchdown, but now a touchdown wins the game instead of having a touchdown and a two-point conversion tie the game. So to me, that's why I thought it's basically a sure thing to kick the field goal, and if you don't stop the Bucks, you lose the game. Like, either way, if you don't stop them, you lose the game. So that's why I thought, like, maybe it's not, maybe it's not 100% the right decision, but, like, I thought, like, they were getting killed for doing that, and I'm like, well... I mean, maybe you could disagree with it, but it's not like it was the dumbest idea ever. And by the way, 99% of people are reactionary. If they kick that field goal, Brady goes three and out, and they drive down the field and Rodgers scores a touchdown, and everyone's like, oh my God, what a decision to kick the field goal, and blah, 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 like whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, But that's not what happened, so it was stupid. It's just like, it drives me nuts. That stuff drives me nuts. Anyways, I don't know if you guys have a take on that, but I was I was furious after the game because people were like they're so stupid i'm like that was the right decision i i don't know i just personally i think aaron Rodgers should have just run six yards and scored yeah but that's yep oh god what a freaking joker what a joke artist dude screw that guy man oh god i so i was watching with my grandmother and i we watch all the football games together she's the best she she doesn't know a lot of people other than like you know, the Patriots players. And she yeah. was like, every time I watch this guy, always, always talking about how great he is. And he's always losing talking about Rodgers. Cause it's, <laughs> that's amazing. He really is. He's like talking. Oh, my down year, everybody else's, you know, career seasons. And it's like, just shut up, play football, dude. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares how good you are in the regular season. They don't, sorry, they don't. Win a freaking Super Bowl. Listen, Tom Brady's got as many NFC championships as as uh, as Aaron Rodgers does. He's played in the yeah. NFC for one year. So, like, suck it. You know? Oh, God. Idiot. Anyways, all right. Let, we're, now we're officially done. Now that I went on my little rant. Keegan, where can they find you, my friend? I am on Twitter at Keegan Stiefel. It's K-E-A-G-A-N-S-T-I-E-F-E-L. I know it's hard. I got I to gotta figure that out. But um, yeah, whatever, dude. You know, we're growing. Last time I was on, I had like 120 followers. I'm up to eight something now. So we're look we're at climbing. you go. Look at you. Good I little have, ratio too. Huh? Good little ratio too. I'll give you props. Good I love ratio. my ratio. I'm I'm. <laughs> I feel bad because people follow me and I'm like, oh, I want to follow you back, but I can't. <laughs> gotta keep. No, I'm just kidding. I gotta get Ariana to give me a shout out, and I'll be good. That's there you it. Go. There's a million right Ariana. Bro, two weeks in a row, by the way. Two weeks in a row, right? Last year, right. Brad on. He gets followed by Diddy. Keegan's followed by, by Ariana. We got to get followed by someone famous, dude. What the hell, man? Someone famous is going to follow me. I want someone over a milli to follow me, dude. That's all I want. I don't need, I don't need 25 million Mads. like Ariana. Right. Just Tony one Mads. million. Tony, man, shut up with these stupid Tony. Tony, if you're listening, you suck, yeah. okay? 20,000? What? You got like 20,000, don't you? Nine, or 10, nine. Nine, close nine to ten. Nine thousand. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. I passed, I passed two thousand last week, which I was pretty excited go. about. I was pumped about that. One K road to three K road to ten K. We'll get That's Keegan right. over over one. 
That's, that's right. Hey, man, that's what you got to do. Get that get that draft bump. Listen, once draft season comes, once draft season gets in full swing and we're doing the full Pat's Pulpit swing, you get over that 1K bump for sure. You know, it's not every time Pat's Pulpit retweets me, I'll, I'll get like one or two. Yeah. And then Fitzy like gave me a shout out on. So I got like 48 followers. This is great. It's awesome. Dude, I got yeah. What, what put me over 2000 was some guy. I tweeted something out about I had two days in a row where I had two. A tweet that got over a thousand likes and like a like a ridiculous amount of impressions and one guy one guy who's just like a random dude good guy that i follow i forget his name dude he's a nice guy that i follow but he has like 400 followers like it's not like anything crazy but he's like you know this is why i love this is why the only followers you need are pat lane matt chatham and pat's cap and that was it he just like that's what he wrote and then Chatham retweeted it, and Pat's Cap retweeted it, Miguel retweeted it, and it was like I got like sixty followers from that. Hey, I'm like, thank you. I was like, this guy was like a nobody, which but nice guy, but like not like he's not like a you know he's not like a big J journalist or anything like that. He's just like a random fan on on Twitter. And I was like, let's go, dude. Like that's you know it was dope, and that I'm like that's cool, you know. So, um, but yeah, that one put me over the two thousand marks. So I was like, hey, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like small goals. I want this person to follow me. No, Pat's cap. He's like number one on my list right Bro. now. Miguel is Miguel. That guy, man. I don't know. How, oh, man. how does he not get paid a hundred thousand dollars a year to do that, dude? It's it's unbelievable, man. He's better, it. than, he's better than what Spot Track had it, and he's like, this is the this is how I get. Like, what well, Spot Track has it at this, and he's like, dude, I'm right. And then Spot Track comes out like a few days later, and like, ah, oh, you know, the can't the actually this one. You know, like, dude, the guy, there, the guy's unbelievable. There's no one on Patriots Twitter who does their job better than him. Not even like the journalists. Like, right. no bro, the guy is the guy is the Tom Brady of of uh, of the salary cap. It's yeah, it's unreal. So, anyways, so, all right, we're over an hour and t- well, we're almost an hour and ten minutes here, but but we've been enjoying ourselves, so it's been fun. Keegan, we're gonna have to have you on again uh, as the as the postseason, uh, you know, as the off season continues. Uh, we have our little, uh, you know, our off season goals going and and whatnot, so it should be fun. So we'll have you again. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, and keep, man, all you need, get just get one Ariana retweet, man. That's it. One Ariana retweet and boom, you'll be golden. You know? I'm scared. I'm scared to slide in the DMs because she's just going to block me immediately. So. <laughs> Avoid that. Avoid that at all costs. Yeah. Hey, listen, you know, get a little glow up and then slide in the DMs, see what happens. You know, you never yeah. know. So, yeah, you don't want that unfollow, though. Better. What do you say? I said I can't risk losing the header. The Ariana Grande follows you. It's a that's it. Well, listen, you could leave the header. It's still a picture. Like even if it's not true anymore. Yeah, she did follow you at one time, even if she unfollows you. So, anyways, thanks guys. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, we got way off the rails at the end of this (laughs) one, but it was fun. So we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.